Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I talk with movement enthusiasts to find out who they are, what they do, and why they do it. My guest today is James Adams. Welcome, James. Hello. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for, uh, doesn't say zooming in or dialing in or dialing in is a little dated there, Craig, <laughs> for joining me virtually. Um, I'm glad that you had a chance to, uh, to drop into my schedule. And before we started recording, I was like, you know, I don't think we've ever even actually said anything more than hey or hello yeah. uh, in all of my you know, relatively large for an American, large number of trips to England. So I'm also really excited to get a chance to have a first conversation with you. Likewise. Uh, and so I did a little, I do a little bit of research and I'm just like, oh, this is, well, how do I pick something when I have 12 that I want to talk about? <laughs> and I think maybe I'm going to go in like a random direction. Um, you have a penchant, if I can use that word, I'm not sure it applies, for programming and oh yeah i'm guessing also for systems building like that's a guess um because i'm i'm sensing that what you're doing with the parkour clinic with your parkour clinic and what you're doing with like some research papers that i've seen and then just some like really sketchy like let's run our code to analyze you know the x men <laughs> it's like <laughs> all right definitely like parkour mixed with programming mixed with systems and I'm I'm just wondering how do you feel like systems building is a superpower for you, or is maybe you feel like programming is this power screwdriver that you have that most people don't have? So it just seems like you get a lot done because of the programming skills, or what is it that you feel like is the real power tool for you? I mean, definitely it's a like a multi-purpose screwdriver when you want it to be. That that's you know I used to be one of those people that would find all the apps and tools and random things that you could put mm -hmm. on your computer to help you save three seconds off all your tasks and once i finally managed to teach myself how to code i was like oh i should have just done this years ago because it's it does all the <laughs> it does all those things for you um I, I don't necessarily know that systems building is how i describe it i i think productivity has always been a big um oh god it sounds like such a nerdy thing to say that productivity is a passion but you know that kind of <laughs> It came I'll out about, myself. I'm a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Proud of it. It um you know, it came about through necessity, particularly being self-employed and freelance and things like that. You have to stay on top of a bunch of things. Hmm. And then eventually I was like, oh, actually I quite I quite like fiddling around with all these things. And um so yeah, maybe not systems, but definitely data, I would say, is something that I really enjoy. And that comes out through the coding and programming as well hmm. and the research things and stuff. I like um, kind of the fitting together of things is the best way I can describe it. I like seeing how relationships come out. Yeah, what what evolves and emerges. Um, mm. Amen. I hear you. Uh, uh, my brain's going in two directions. One is, uh, <laughs> let's see if James is also into science fiction. Uh, there oh, is yeah. a science fiction story, which I can't remember if it was like uh, the moat in God's eye or if it was like one of the Ramas. Uh, but basically, it's human beings wind up traveling a long distance to get to a planet. And when they arrive, they're basically like, all right, let's explore the area. And they get like effectively attacked and boarded by an alien by itself in a ship. And the alien has three arms, so it has an extra arm. And it's big and ape-like. And without saying anything or attempting to communicate, it basically forces its way into their spacecraft disarms them by grabbing, you know, like a pistol out of this one guy's hand. And while they're trying to figure out what's going on, it 
grabs his hand, forcefully manipulates this human's hand, and then in front of their eyes, redesigns their pistol, takes it completely apart, makes the handle better, improves the sights, put it back together and gives it back to him. <laughs> and I was, and then leaves, you know, like it fixed some <laughs> other things that were broken and then it gets, and they're like, what the, and it was just this idea of, I don't know if this is what the author was and I can't remember what the, it's probably Arthur C. Clarke or somebody really famous. But when I read that, I, I'm not saying I'm that, I'm that creature, but I, that to me was an instance of a perfectly distilled problem solving tool building system repairing. And it turned <laughs> out that that was a sub race that's entire job was to just go around and fix oh, stuff. Right. That's all it did. It was bred for that. That's what its intelligence was. They had given it an extra arm so it could hold its own tools. And all it did was fix stuff. It couldn't talk. It didn't have any other, any other purpose in life, but it fixed things. And uh, sometimes I'm, I have flashbacks of that creature, you know, when I'm, when I <laughs> see something and I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm physically torn. So with the question I, I mentioned by saying I had two directions I'm pulled in and one direction would have been to just say, so when you find yourself torn between fixing something like, you know, this web platform is broken mm. uh, or trying to like, oh, I feel like there's a, a data relationship in here that I could tease out if I put some tooling at it. So when you find one of those questions that draws you, uh, how do you decide when to follow that? rabbit down the rabbit hole and and when to just be like, yeah, no, but that's not going to give me any return on my time. <laughs> I need to go make coffee or whatever. So how do you balance if you have that urge to build tools and to make things and to fix things? How do you balance that with, you know, regular life? Uh, I don't think I do, if I'm honest. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I can't help it sometimes. And uh, I know my wife has told me Things like, okay, you need to set an alarm on the computer um, because I'm going out and you're working on this thing. And if there isn't anything to remind you, <laughs> you will forget to eat until suddenly it's like quarter to 11 at night and then you'll panic order a pizza that you shouldn't have. So, mm. um, yeah, there's there's a degree of like being pulled into it, I think, is, is a good way to describe it. You, you just end up going, oh, this is interesting. And then before you know it, it's three in the morning. So, um, yeah, I don't think I do balance it. Was there someone, uh, so I'm having flashbacks, you know, like I'm imagining my childhood. So I'm thinking, was there someone in your childhood or, you know, adolescent years where maybe you saw somebody who was, I'm just going to say a tool building, problem solving machine like that? Were there, did you have those people as role models or were there maybe other people that you hung out with or like, where do you think that comes from? Is it just a, uh, predisposition that you have or is it a habit or i think it's a predisposition and i think it's it's kind of the same part of my brain that um of anyone's brain that enjoys or gets reward out of solving a puzzle mm. you know or, or figuring something out it's um I, you know i used to build websites when i was a teenager and all that stuff and although i fell out of it a bit at that time it was just always always kind of there it was just um that and like video games and things like that they were always far more interesting to me than sport and going outside mm. as a child, which is really funny considering what I ended up doing for, <laughs> for my 20s. But um, yeah, I think it's just um, where my, my brain goes. And actually, I think that's kind of what got me into parkour is that little bit of a connection yeah. of like putting things together and problem solving. That was <clears throat> that was the line I was going to draw next was I think people, if anybody's still listening, people are like, well, we're talking about hang up. Yeah. I'm thinking <laughs> though that 
when I see people in movement contexts who are deploying the the problem solving, even systems and tool building, like, well, in order to do that, I'm going to have to make my body able to do this. You know, like uh, groups that I've hung out with who try to abolish saying can't. And instead of saying can't, they have to replace the, they have to make a phrase which explains what would have to happen before that would be possible. So Mm. not, I can't do a climb up. I would need to be a lot stronger to do that climb up. And then, okay, well now I know what the first step would be. So even that kind of reformulating problems. To me, that's tool building and and systems building. And I see so much of that in the movement spaces and parkour spaces. And it's one of the through lines that I see, whatever you want to call it, free running, Arthur Plasma. It's a through line of people like, I'm a human and I can figure out how to dot, dot, dot. Mm. Um, So I, I, I think I see a lot of people have talked to, certainly talked to a lot of people who are basically nerds but yeah. then realized they also wanted to go outside. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a big like, nerd quota. What was that, transi- that transition like for you? Um, it kind of happened in my teens because I, I, I was overweight as a teenager. And um, when I kind of lost the weight, I went through a bit of an unhealthy stage of, of losing it. And as I was starting to come through that, it's like, okay, well, I can't... Um, just not eat anymore, which is essentially what I was doing. So, but I also don't want to go back to where I was. So I guess I'll go into exercise. Um, and I, you know, went to the gym and stuff and that was all fine for a few years, but it it was getting kind of boring. Um, so I started looking for something to do and parkour tickled that part of my brain that then reconnected with perhaps my, my previous disposition as we talked about, um, so it was, was, it was a really a lucky thing to, to find. It? Oh, yeah, was, yeah. Because I'm just wondering, like, the, for me, the – I don't want to say being a nerd was lonely because it wasn't. I had friends, but it wasn't done in groups. It'd be like you'd go do the thing, and then there'd be opportunities to collaborate and compare. But my experience of parkour and movement has always been much more, I'm going to say, social in the sense of, like, yeah, there's several of us here hanging out. Um, do you think that's yeah. also what drew you to it, the social aspects? Yeah, absolutely. The um, – it's funny to look back. I was a very different person at that time. And a lot of the changes that um, have happened to me have happened as a direct result of doing parkour, um, just being much more socially confident and having that kind of icebreaker of we're doing the same activity was a really big part of that. But then alongside it, you know, building confidence in all the ways that regular exercise and parkour specific stuff, um, like facing risk and challenge and all those things that I'm sure everyone listening has heard a million people talk about. Um, You know, it it did make me a lot more confident in general. Um, And then particularly getting into coaching as well, public speaking and all that thing, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of amazing to look back and see, think about how I was as a teenager um, and the the transition that it it brought out of me. So many things. Uh, uh, anything else jump out at you that you <laughs> want to pull on at the moment instead of me driving all the time? Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I think that's a fairly common journey for people to go through with parkour. Certainly, as a coach, I saw quite a lot of that. Um, and it's. I don't think it's necessarily unique to parkour. You know, I think any um, social activity. It's good for people. Any activity involving exercise is good for people. Putting those two things together is going to be great. 
Um, I think it's just a case of parkour really hitting that spot with me because it also combined with, um, well, for one thing, being not competitive, which I wasn't particularly interested in. And also, yeah, that that um, problem-solving aspect of putting bits together and looking at an environment and going, well, how do I get from here to there? Or Some of my favorite training sessions ever were like on the most ridiculous tiny curbs and jumping to a drain pipe around a corner. <laughs> but it's like, how can we do it? Um, yeah. yeah, so it was uh, quite an experience. Sorry, I really trailed off there. I lost my thought entirely. But no, that's all right. I, it's, um, I often say to people, usually not on mic, but I often say to people, <laughs> "When's the last time you had a great conversation with your best friend?" And there's like a little moment where they remember that. So everybody out there, when's the last time you had a great conversation with your best friend? And I guarantee that you didn't show up and say, "Okay, we're going to record it for 20 minutes. Ready, go!" Like <laughs> so the, the fact that people occasionally get distracted—that's what normally happens. That's called normal people. Um, the thought that I had was related to programming. Um, I like to describe or, or to say an important feature of a good programmer is that being endlessly frustrated does not <laughs> dissuade you from continuing to do the thing. You have to just go like, hmm, that's frustrating. I guess I will maybe go read a man page or a manual page. Yeah. or Maybe I will go ask somebody else. Like you have to just be like frustration is like the obstacle. That's the path. And I thought of that because that's a very common thing that's said in parkour circles and, and you know, whatever name I always, I always have an issue with proper nouns for the thing that we do uh, because I'm well aware of all of the stuff that's out there. And I, I think people see in their movement practice, they may not realize how special it is. You were just describing a really frustrating situation to be like, this is frustrating and that's why we're doing it. <laughs> and I think that's a really thing, important thing for people to realize about their own movement practice. Mm. Yeah, and and I think it can translate to a lot of positive things in other aspects of life mm. without necessarily being conscious of it. The the interesting thing I found in recent years, um, and I, I wrote a blog post about this not too long ago, is sometimes the right thing to do is to walk away from the problem, though, or to recognize mm. um, that it's not the right time or it's not the right uh, you're not you're not in the right place for it, or any number of things, or even just that you know it ultimately doesn't really matter if it's a particularly banal issue right. or any number of things like um, it's just a jump, right? <laughs> I, I see a lot of a very like almost outcome um, focused, outcome obsessed attitude can kind of come out from that, and a almost a position of like constant overcoming, constant self improvement, and um, Sometimes the right thing is to just go, oh, well, <laughs> and it, no, you know, and it, yeah. it can lead to a build up, build up of pressure, I think is the main point I'm getting at, um, which is definitely something I've seen in a few other people and myself. It's just a constant treadmill of overcoming problems. And I think sometimes the right thing to do is actually just go, I'll take a break or mm. any number of other solutions. Um, hmm. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you have a blog, by the way, I was like, Oh, I, I love, I'm a huge fan of the public open internet, which is not oh, social yes. platforms. Um, where's your blog? Jmablog.com. Terrific. And yeah. we have to mention, I've mentioned the parkour clinic a, a couple times. Um, give me the elevator pitch for parkour clinic and the URL. So, uh, the URL is great. It's parkour.clinic, which I was very 
uh, smug about being able to nap. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> I'm thinking of Fight Club. How's that working out for you? <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> it's great sitting there scrolling through all the domain names, being like, "What's yeah. the cheapest one I can find?" Oh, clinics. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a, a project I started between the end of my undergraduate degree and the start of a master's degree I was doing. Um, and it was also a bit of a lockdown project during the pandemic mm. um, where I was looking for ways to kind of use the sports therapy skills. So sports therapy, um, just for context, is physiotherapy essentially, but with a focus on sport and athletes. Um, and I was looking, that's what I'd done as my undergraduate degree. And I was looking to put that to use in some way, but being in lockdown and knowing I was going to do a master's degree, I was like, oh, I can't quite get a job with it yet or any number of things. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll put it online and I'll just do it as a little side project for the moment. Um, and it's it's a, a place where people can book one-to-one sessions with me. Um, Availability is not huge because it's just in my free time, but completely free. And if you need some sports therapy advice or guidance, I'll try and give it to you. Um, it's a really interesting experience doing sports therapy over um, like remote video conferencing stuff because you can't do a lot of the hands-on testing that a lot mm. of people associate with these things or like things like massage and stretching and stuff. But it's always slightly surprising how much you can get out of just a conversation about your injury. Um, and I think it's something that can be really valuable for people who are just looking for reassurance or a bit of a guidepost particularly i think in the parkour community people are pretty self-motivated so you know i've definitely had people show up to talk to me who know way more about their injuries than i ever will because they research it and they Mm. they they have that self-motivation um but they just need someone on the outside to look at the problem and go (laughs) does this make sense when i say right (laughs) yeah and and even things like well yeah you know not just have you done this stretch and have you done this exercise but um are you stressed you know, how's, uh, how do you feel about your injury? Is it getting you down? Things like that, that people don't associate with treating an injury necessarily. They just think it's purely mechanical. Let me, uh, find the one weird trick that will solve it for me. Um, and it's not, it's not that simple. I find. Hmm. Terrific. I'm glad we got to that. There's 43 <laughs> other things that we should get to, but I, I'm watching. I just realized Go ahead. <laughs> as well that you said, give me the elevator pitch. And then I talked for like 10 minutes, but no, this is also great. why I don't really do elevator pitches. That was great. That was great. Um, Cause I, I thought it was a really neat project and I clicked as fast as I could through everything. I was like, Oh, mini bookmark, <laughs> <laughs> much more to read. Cool. Well, uh, as much as I hate to watch our time slip away, I think I will just say James. And of course the final question, three words to describe your practice. So I spent much time on thesaurus.com this morning <laughs> looking at this. Uh, so I'm sorry. First one, <laughs> first one i'm going to say uh right now sporadic that's honest um and i don't know if this is allowed but these are kind of two words that go together hyphens are free uh deliberately casual Ooh. Mm, i was proud of myself I for that like one that. <laughs> <laughs> i'm scribbling fast <laughs> that's great 
Cool. All right, James. Um, I think that was a wonderful first bite-sized conversation to make another Fight Club reference. And <laughs> I hope we get a chance to talk again. This doesn't have to be our only conversation. So thank you so much for taking the time. No problem. Thank you for having me.